60% of the time, it works every time. You're so bloody negative about everything. You're so negative about everything. Welcome back to The Run Home on SCNZ with Kirsten Beeve. All thanks to Mick Delivery. Another message in from Jordan here, and this is in regards to the Sevens. I'm slightly worried the old boys have gone a year or so too long. It's hard for the coach, Tomasi Thama, to drop a lot of those guys he played with, but a big chunk of his career. Great year last year, but this team evidently needs more speed. The Sevens programme will continue to produce results, no issues with development, but if we fail to win gold, there needs to be a proper deep dive into our planning around the next Olympic Games. Um, I just remembered who I saw at the Sevens on the weekend. Yes. I uh, I met the professor face-to-face. Oh, face. did you? Brilliant. He was there. Yes. What's his name? Matthew Barnett. He's the What's pr- his real professor. name? Professor. Um, professor. Uh, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yep. The professor that we cross over to. Yes, loves he coming on the show, does he? Loves it. Just yes. absolutely frost <laughs> coming on the program. He was there uh, with the boys he does a podcast with yes. uh, who are getting up to trouble. Drew Mitchell. Uh, Ashley Cooper. Ashley Cooper. Gitz. No, he wasn't there. Oh, no, he's in America now, isn't he, of course? Yeah. Adam Ashley Cooper and uh, Andrew Mitchell. Yeah, they uh, they look like they have some fun over there on that uh <laughs> On that uh, on that show, but it looks pretty loose uh, by all accounts. Mm. And uh, no, they do and a good job. And would have been in Perth as well. Yeah, well, a bit of homecoming for some of them. I know Drew Mitchell and Gitz obviously yes. took took Perth the early boys. doors, early doors, big checks that uh, they were throwing out in the, in the early doors when they got a fairly good, fairly good squad together. Obviously, Johnny Mitch was the coach, um, so they they went big early. Um, interesting, the sevens, um, like it's fascinating. It's obviously still on the everyone's agenda because we're getting bites about it cursed and, it, and it's a topic of conversation I mean I think it drifts in and out of people's I guess care factor um, if we're being brutally honest um, people care so, when it's Olympic time yeah when, when it's Olympic time hey we care about um, handball then too exactly like um, all sports so, we care yeah. when it's Olympic time absolutely um, but uh, yeah I think you know, it's it's certainly nothing to do with the results. Why I raised the topic, I just th- I just think obviously there's only so much money New Zealand rugby has got, and what do you put your focus into? And then if the focus is about being the best rugby team in the world and protecting this legacy, having this 90% strike rate at Test matches, does whatever million gets the millions get spent in the sevens program have any impact on that? And and that's the question you've got to ask, I believe. If um, you reckon I, it's $20 million, and that was I, you just throwing I, out a number, out a what number. does the NPC cost to run in a season? Mm. God, that many God. professional teams, coaches, players, the travel? The travel, yep. And, uh, and they don't make any money from spectators going in, clearly. Yes. That's running not, at a loss. So if the yep. sevens is around 20... What yeah. is the NPC? Well, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, look, I'm spitballing numbers here, but like you just do your maths on 15 to 20 full-time people, be it staff or players, involved in both 
both uh, male and the female. Even Costas to open stadiums these days and having the, security guards there. And... Mount Monganui, the training base, yep. um, all of those would add up. So, no, I mean, it's 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 a topic of conversation and that's, that's all, I, all I've thought, Kirst, because at the end of the day, uh, do I watch many seven circuits? No. Do I watch every test match? Do I want it to be the All Blacks to be the number one team in the world? Of course you do. And if something's got to give, then you've just got to you you got to pick pick what has to give if it gives you a better chance. It might not change anything at all. It might not keep these stars who you know get to the point where hey just can't keep up the Japanese dollar. But hey, if you could keep three of them or four of them, I think it's a conversation curse. Let's get back to a few text messages, shall we? Teamless Tuesday, today's topic of conversation has been an absolute beauty. We've been wanting to know who your first sporting crush was. <laughs> well, Mick missed a bit of the early conversation. Well, Mick, you've joined the conversation and you've joined the hundreds because the Mick's, Mick's text in here. I've missed a bit of the discussion, but surely Gabriella Sabatini, uh, smoking hot Argentinian of the 80s, still has it. Could hit a ball too. Thank you, Mick. Can we answer the question, Grand Slams? I've got a feeling there was none, but I may be wrong there. I don't. Maybe she wasn't a corner cover. She did win some. Jacob, can you can you tell me what does Wikipedia tell you? How many titles was it? A U.S. Open? Does a U.S. Open ring a bell? Um, here's Jacob's another... just looking up uh, what Gabriella Sabatini. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Let me just uh, go onto the uh, off the images Google Images tab. Um, no, ninety ninety U.S. Open apparently, uh, and go. Wimbledon. Let me just oh, runner up at Wimbledon nineteen ninety one. Yes. Uh, two of ATP Tour Finals in 1988 and 94. Uh, Golden for years. But yeah, pre- like actually a decent tennis player compared to Kornikova. Kornikova. Yes, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Uh, not known sports people themselves, but of course cheerleading is an official sport of America, so we're going to accept that. Um, that's Where a, are they that, going in our first 15? The entire bench. The entire bench. Let's just have the Dallas Cowboys as impact players coming, okay. off, the, coming off the bench. Uh, Chrissy Everett, uh, again, again. Gets, uh, quite a few too. Gets plenty of votes. Uh, Serena Williams uh, gets more votes well, as well. Well, that's from Kenny. Kenny's voted two people in, Beaver and Serena Williams. Yeah, fascinating duo. Uh, often haven't been mentioned in the same sentence before, Kenny, um, apart from our tennis ability, of course. But uh, <laughs> I thank you again uh, for your uh for your vote, uh, Kirsty. Awesome to hear you back talking to the lower class. My memory of the first crush, man crush, was uh, Kit Fawcett, AB's first five uh, years at uh, old high school, where I used to uh, pin my hair and uh, clips because uh, rules of no hair. Uh, he had, was the first one to have the mullet going strong, picks himself in his own position. Thank you, David. Uh, second five eight, probably a good pair of legs. Ah, that was. Somebody earlier, and we asked for a position. I'm trying to remember who that could have been, Curse, but uh, they are flooding in. I could not believe uh, before today that uh, Sabatini would be the ca- captain, coach, and uh, star <laughs> player here. Here's an interesting one. We broke the news. Well, Curse broke the news weeks well, ago. The molded. The molded, and the world's caught up on it. Uh, Tony Brown will be a part of the Springboks coaching setup. And here's an interesting text. Hi, team. Rusty's a smart. Uh, he tricked the World Cup referees to penalise the AB. He knows that to win in Australia, he will need to score tries. No-brainer, get Tony Brown, greatest attack coach in the universe. Tim from the 09. Thank you for the text, Tim. Yeah, it's... Um, 
I find it a fascinating appointment. I think it's a great appointment. I think it's an exciting appointment for World Rugby. I think it's great for Tony Brown. But uh, as I mentioned, if you're just tuning in earlier on the show, I thought, how are these two going to operate considering it would appear from a uh, philosophy point of view on attacking rugby, they are at either ends of the spectrum, Curse. Very interesting. Uh, keep your messages coming through, whether it's on Russi Rasmus and Tony Brown linking up or whether you've got a combination for us uh, in Teamless Tuesday, your first sporting crushes. We want to hear from you on double eight double three. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we're very close to uh, chatting all things Super Bowl in just a moment. We've got a Tuesday brain buster for you, your... Uh, Three quick questions, and uh, Teamless Tuesday will be named later on this hour. That is the Maccas menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Maccas favourites straight to your door. This is the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery. Well, we're so lucky to be joined by Laurie Horish. We've had him on the program before and he's absolutely brilliant. He works for ESPN Australia and New Zealand and is part of the NFL Brecky Show. Laurie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for your time. Now, you did your picks with your co-host earlier in the season for how, uh, who would make the Super Bowl? How close did you get? Oh, I think I, I came about one decent half of offensive calling from uh, play calling from the Baltimore Ravens from having it on the money. I had the, I had the Ravens and the, the 49ers meeting in the big dance in Las Vegas, but I tell you what, what we saw from the Kansas City Chiefs, you can talk about cliche things like championship pedigree and having been there before, but the composure from their play callers, the coaching staff, what we saw from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, uh, with all the noise that surrounds Travis Kelsey these days, particularly <laughs> that offense in the first half, and the defense, what they did throughout that game, shutting down the uh, presumptive MVP in Lamar Jackson. Uh, that was that was certainly enough to earn uh, the Kansas City Chiefs another trip to the Super Bowl as Patrick Holmes tries to make it three championship rings in his young career. Yeah, amazing. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. But is Travis Kelsey arguably a uh, greater star around the world right now than Patrick Mahomes with everything that's been going on this season? Outside of the United States, I would say so. Within the United States... <laughs> That you, you, you would go broke betting against the fame and the reach of Taylor Swift and her impact. But I think Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the game today and the exposure that he has, I would think he's probably still got more name recognition inside the US than Travis Kelsey. But globally, no, I've got to think Travis Kelsey surpassed that. Such is the magnitude and the size and popularity of Taylor Swift. Look, it's, it's a narrative. You've seen all the posts on social media about how she possibly make the trip from Tokyo to Vegas in time, uh, the flight paths, the carbon footprints. Do you get an old Condor, a Concord, sorry, out of retirement? I know they weren't very healthy for the environment, had their safety risks too, but there's a lot of talk around it. But undoubtedly, uh, it was interesting talking amongst colleagues and looking into it, looking at some of the numbers. Her impact on ratings has been huge. Oh, the NFL must be loving it. They must be, and, and the impact on, on younger female audiences as well. And that's not the only people that make up the Swifties all over the world, but the, the numbers between you know young female demographics across the world really jumped um, inside the United States and internationally in terms of viewership when Taylor Swift is in attendance. And, and honestly, look, there's always going to be backlash to backlash to backlash whenever you have high celebrity you know profile uh, couples and cutaways from broadcast that it's, it adds a whole lot more energy to a game that you didn't think could get any more hype and pageantry. 
Now, Laurie, I'm, I'm the sporting aspect of the show, <laughs> so I'll, I'll bring it back away from the, gossip, actually, from, the, from the Swifties or whatever Taylor's crew are called. Uh, but obviously, so much hype around, uh, you know, obviously the Kelsey and the, and the Patty Mahomes sort of storylines. The San Francisco 49ers, what's, what is it for them? What do we look out for if we're just tuning in this week to being a Super Bowl fan? What is it about the 49ers that A, that have got them there, and B, how are they going to get the job done? Who's their superstars? Well, I think their superstars that start on offense. You've got a four-skill position. So you've got two wide receivers and Debo Samuel, who will not get tackled. I'll tell you what he does. He, if you grew up loving running rugby and you grew up loving crash ball inside centers that didn't go down at first contact, Debo Samuel is a wide receiver for you because the man will not get tackled at first attempt. Then you've got Brandon Ayuk, who's more explosive downfield type wide receiver. George Kill, a big tight end who carries the personality of a wrestler. And Christian McCaffrey, best running back in football, can do it, running the ball, receiving out of the backfield. So they're their superstars. And then playing quarterback for them, Brock Purdy, who... Last pick, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in his draft class a year ago. He's proved, his, his journey, his storyline, his narrative is proving everybody wrong. Who, those who do not think he's truly up to the caliber, some people don't even think he's a good quarterback, let alone a great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. He's in a beneficial system, great offensive system, great head coach and Kyle Shanahan, great offensive mind, great talent around him. But he's made more plays in that offense than we've seen previous quarterbacks, showed a lot of guts a lot of composure, a lot of cleverness in how he played that second half, some of the big gains he picked up with his arm and his legs. There's some luck as well, but those on the offense, those are the names to look and look defensively. If I'm talking about a few names, one, Nick Bosa, number 97, tears off the edge, chases the quarterback, big, physically gifted, smart, clever technique. And then watch the linebackers, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, fantastic tacklers, can defend the pass. They're the guys that we'll see spying Patrick Mahomes when he starts to get creative, scramble around. They're also the guys that I think we could see matched up plenty against Travis Kelsey. Well, it's strange. I've just got curse in my ear, like saying that I sound like Fred Warner, just a, a massive defender. But, um, <laughs> mate, when you, when you look at this matchup, obviously, and, and again, we, we tune in every now and again with Super Bowl and what have you, but Patrick Mahomes, been there, done that. I see they've opened his outsiders on the New Zealand betting market. How do you bet against someone who's done what he's done been there, done that in the, in the big arena already in his, in his young sporting career? It's not very often you get a team that's basically a young dynasty and, you have, and they can hold up the nobody believes in us card, put it in the locker room and use it as momentum. But look, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, particularly that offense, were doubted this season. They're not gifted at the wide receiver position. They have a young player in Rasheed Rice, but they're not, they don't have the talent that we've seen at that spot previously. Last time they were in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, they had Tyreek Hill, who's now causing explosive plays down in Miami. And they had Sammy Watkins still in good form as a player, had a big game in that Super Bowl. They're lesser talent there, but they, how do you bet against them? They have, yes, it's cliche, but they have championship pedigree. What does that actually mean? They have poise. They have the ability to react in game, both players and coaches. They know how to adjust. And they're very sound with their game plan. They're very varied in what they can do. I would not be betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're my tip. I know they're just outsiders, but I love so much talk about the big names on offense. We've mentioned Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, the head coach. Defensively, they've done such a good job. Steve Spagnuolo is the head, the defensive coordinator there, known for coming up with all sorts of crazy, mad scientist ways to get after the quarterback, send a whole bunch of bodies after the opposing quarterback. That'll be the big test for Brock Purdy. You've got an absolute genius when it comes to cooking up a defensive plan and an aggressive defensive plan opposite you. Can you maintain your poise, your grace under pressure, and deliver for the 49ers offense? 
And and on the on the Forty Niners and I guess the links between uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously the Forty Niners, famous for Joe Montana and uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Where does Patrick Mahomes even even at this stage of his career goes and gets another Super Bowl? Does he start to enter the conversation? Your Montana's Montana's Joe Montana, of course. Your your Tom Brady's. Does he start to pretty far? Does he start to enter into that conversation? He's already in that conversation. Basically, at this point, not even a full six years into being a starting quarterback, he's already got a Hall of Fame resume. Two Super Bowl championships, two Super Bowl MVPs, two two MVPs, three All-Pro nods. I mean, he's surpassed. If you're just looking, it's tough. When you talk about numbers, right, games change. Sports change over time. doesn't matter whether it's American football, rugby, cricket, netball. It doesn't matter. Stats change, eras change, the game changes. So when you're looking at just yards, or you're looking at touchdowns and interceptions. It's tough comparing Mahomes now to what Brady did in the early 2000s, what Montana did decades before that, because it's definitely going to slant towards Patrick Mahomes. But you look at where his accolades are as an individual in that time, how he rates against his peers during that time. I mentioned what he had there, three All-Pros at this point of his career. Tom Brady had one. Two MVPs at this point of his career, Tom Brady had zero. Two, two Super Bowl MVPs at this point of his career, Tom Brady had two. And two rings at this point of his career, Tom Brady had three. Mahomes obviously going for a third in two weeks' time. So he's, what he has done through six years as a starter has never been done at the NFL level before. We've never seen this. He's been so central. He's been an MVP candidate since he got into the league. And now it's a question of longevity because that's something that Tom Brady can hold up the ridiculous length into his 40s that he played and achieved. But Patrick Mahomes has thrown himself well into the conversation as the greatest quarterback of all time already. And for many people, myself included, just watching what we've seen, I've never seen someone play quarterback at that level before. It's pretty amazing. We're definitely big fans of him here on the run home. Hey, before we let you go, Laurie, do you get to go over to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in just under two weeks? And also, what's your favourite uh, Super Bowl tradition, game day tradition? Oh, one, yes, I'm very lucky that this year I'll be going over to the Super Bowl hosting wow. a couple of NFL brekkie shows. So very, very pumped up. Fly out on Sunday and very grateful to ESPN Australia New Zealand for, for getting me over there and getting to uh, produce content um, for the team while I'm over there. Also very grateful to my wife who's doing a big lift while I'm away with our four-and-a-half-year-old and I would be remiss not to shout that out. As for my uh, favourite Super Bowl tradition, I love the anthem bet. I really do love the anthem prop bet. It's ridiculous. It's so, it, look, it's a great anthem, the US anthem, but seeing the different singers this year, it's Reba, contemplating whether I go long or short, what type of musical stylings. And I, look, I would be lying if I said I hadn't listened to a whole bunch of her catalogue, which I hadn't done before, listening to her work as a musician, and I've watched a couple of seasons of Reba, the TV show as well, just catching up, getting all the information I can on how she'll fare and what we might get before the kickoff. Laura, you've just made us all incredibly jealous. We will be living through you, through your show and through social media as well. Thank you so much for your time and upskilling us on the Super Bowl with everything we need to know. We appreciate it. Travel safe and enjoy. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Laurie Horace joining us there from ESPN Australia and New Zealand. Brad, what the heck? He gets to go. I know, like, uh, I mean, I'm sitting here extremely jealous and I'm wondering, <laughs> Kirst, are, I know we? that the NRL players are heading over middle of next week. Do you reckon it 
Oh, uh, and they're going to Vegas. I think you could see a few NRL players at the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. That wouldn't, and most rugby and NFL players, huge NFL fans. Yeah, well, Izzy and Bowden Barrett have been to Super Bowl mm. two years ago. And Tom Brady's touring Australia at the moment, and you saw Reese Walsh taking catch, a long ball, yeah, yeah, catch a ball from Tom Brady. Crazy. The Broncos are going over, right? So yeah, yeah. You'd think part of that some conversation, of boys, Tom Brady. Like imagine, imagine, if, imagine if Tom Brady hosts the Broncos and yeah. is like in his VIP booth or something because he will have one no doubt mm. um, yeah maybe we should uh, we should hit, um, we, I know Brooksy's going over the producer for uh, Joel and Fletch so I might have Brooksy up and see if, um, if if he can get in contact with any NRL players that are heading over to the game that is so cool mm. that is seriously cool Super Bowl coming up between the Kansas uh, between Kansas City and San Francisco live on SCNZ yes. Monday week yes Monday mm. week looking forward to it That was the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba!